You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ozzy keeps telling us. I don't know if anyone's paying attention, but we'll figure it out before it's all over. Welcome back. Tuesday of the Wake Up Tucson show, Tuesday edition, last day of February, um, as we like to say. One of the, you know, we no, no leap year this year, so we're moving into March pretty quick. Uh, my friend Bruce Ash here. Bruce, good morning, sir. I'm on my second full uh, cup of uh, iced coffee. Look at you. So I'm going to be... Going, going, going all day. I love it. I don't want. I don't want you dragging by the second or third hour. I got a long day today. I'm all the way to seven o'clock tonight, so I need to be on my toes. One thing I do want to make people aware of, if you didn't, if you're not one of those people wasting your life on Facebook, uh, is tonight the um, Marana Chamber of Commerce is dedicating their new building that's in that Marana Town Complex to our friend. It's going to be named after our friend Ed Stolmaker. Oh. Who, of course, was a longtime director, yeah, yeah. really helped grow that chamber as the town was growing. Just the prince From of a dog guy. Dog patch to <laughs> metropolitan giant. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, please join us. It starts. It's between four and six today, uh, over at the new Marana Chamber of Commerce building. If you could make it and uh, honor Mr. Stolbaker, love the guy. He was really just a very nice human being, and uh, the perfect guy to ride the growth and work with Mayor Ed in that council. And before him, uh, probably uh, Ora May Harn. Wow. That's a that's a blast from the past. That's a well blast of the past. I mean, when you think about it, the, the Miranda mayoral leadership has been just those two for, I don't know, 25 years, 30, whatever it is. I mean, it's a long, long time. We'll have to see who's going to take it over from Ed because that's a, Ed's had a hell of a run here. Who are the Who are the possibilities, do you think? Well, I mean, I mean, Ed, you're still there, buddy. We love you. We're not we're not kicking your ass out the door yet. Um, you know, John Post, possibly could be. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a young enough guy, and you know, I think he has good sensibilities about things. Most of the time, I think Pat, Patty Patty doesn't want to run anymore. I don't think so. Uh, we'll have to think about that. So, uh, maybe I'll get Brother Joe to run for mayor. He's a Morana resident. So, Joe, just think about it. Just. We'll we'll talk we'll talk later. Um, we got our friends from Gap Ministries are going to be here. That's great coming up, and that's something uh, a great best. organization that you and I support yep. pretty strongly. We are having our uh, giving uh, our April uh, Arizona Gives Day live remote April fourth at their place. Mm-hmm. So amazing breakfast by Chef John and the students always, and um, it's going to be come and have a great breakfast, hang out with friends, and listen to old Dum Dum do a radio show in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's always a fun time, and uh, we love doing it. Uh, wakeup.gapmin.com. Wakeup.gapmin.com. Put that in your browser, and you can buy a ticket. 20 bucks a pop. Uh, to an, um, This is the best breakfast. I, I already read the menu to you. It's off the wall. See if Home of Champions uh, students can remember that, uh, it's... that, that lead-in. We got, we got some st- – I got, I, I got a stat on a story about – one of my favorite school districts that are suffering in relation to a Pima County uh, community college story that just plays out everything we've ever talked about, how Steve Holmes and the crew at Sunnyside have been totally failing the children. So, of course, we gave Steve a a bump up as second in command of Pima County. Thank Jesus. Um, I want to talk to you real quick. Oh, and also third hour, we have the history of Tucson Broadcasting. Yeah. We got Eddie A., 
and Betsy Bruce will be here. That's great. So that'll be a very fun third hour. Um, Kippies. Yeah. Let's talk about Kippies real quick. (laughs) So I brought up a listener want to know, best place for hot dog and eat in Tucson that's not a Sonoran dog. He loves Sonoran dogs. This is not, you know, I I don't need Rahina saying they're racist and don't have Sonoran dogs on Wake Up Tucson, okay? Uh, Just a regular non-Sonoran dog. Where's a good place to get? Of course, then that, the Pats battle came up, right? Right. Yeah, well, that's inevitable. Right, where people are, you know, I get it. Nostalgia makes I, I mediocre think, taste better. I think you're right about the nostalgia <laughs> part of the I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Parked out in front of the stand, you know, it just makes you feel like you're in the 1960s. Right. You went with your dad and your mom, right? You did the thing where you, maybe you had that thing, you went to Gates Pass yeah. or you went to the Desert Museum and you came back and you sat and had a greasy French fry and a hot dog. Bring some conies all the way up to Gates Pass. Correct, right? But they're to a point now, Pats, that it's just mediocre. I mean, if we went in the back, we would see a giant can of chili, right? That's one of those ones that looks for, it looks like it's from military surplus, right? It just says white and it has the word chili on it. May or may not contain beef, right? It doesn't. Right? I mean... <laughs> Beef look alike, <laughs> smell alike. So, um, and then people brought up, of course, the Portillo's place that just opened. Uh, it, it's not, it's not great. It's not bad. You know, it's, it's okay. I'd rather have an old Nathan's dog with a. Uh, I'm with you. With one of those uh, cute little uh, 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 French fried, uh, little crinkle French fry chip in the cup. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not the classiest way to serve a French fry is with a little two-tine plastic fork and you eat it like a Victorian English uh, <laughs> noblewoman. That's the way I like it. Um, so you brought up Kippies. Uh-huh. Where was Kippies? 22nd and maybe like 4th Avenue or something. Okay. Somewhere in that area. Okay. And uh, so in the... In Over the, by the uh, picturesque by the, Santa Rita Park. By the park. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> My, my mom used to take us there after Hebrew school on, on Sunday mornings uh, and get kippies. Where did you go to Hebrew school? At uh, what was Temple Emmanuel on Country Club. Gotcha, okay. And uh, my dad in those days was uh, just starting in real estate, and he was selling lots in um, in Fry, Arizona. And um, where's, and he, where's Fry, Arizona? Well, it's roughly where Sierra Vista is and also, gotcha. and also in Huachuca City. Gotcha. And so uh, she'd load us up in her 1956 uh, Buick uh, convertible, and we would go to Kippy's, uh, and we'd bring hot dogs to my dad, and we'd be eating hot dogs all the way down there, and it was great. Beautiful. Okay. They may have served, they may have served burgers as well, but, but uh, dogs is what we usually got. Okay. Like but I said, they were cheaper. <laughs> the art of the hot dog, I feel, is, it's getting lost. The regular straight, no one wants. I don't know if anyone wants to serve it anymore. Or I the hot like dog to... is the story of my life. <laughs> the Wiener Schnitzel, Dodger dogs, Sonoran dogs, the doghouse in in Albuquerque, uh, Pats, you know, to some degree, um, and uh, uh, I know I have buddies Gino's in, in Yuma. There's a place I go to that's called the Dog House, mm-hmm. also that does. Dogs and brats and things like that. Hey, I hang out at the sausage shop. Kent makes homemade hot dogs that are just yeah. fantabulous. So I also want to let you know now that we're uh, 18 days till St. Patrick's Day, he is making the uh, corned beef and cabbage brats again. Oh, man. Which are just amazing, but you have to pre order. He may put some extras in the case, but he's not just loading up the case. So I already ordered mine. I got my D&D nerds coming in that weekend, and we're doing a St. Patrick's Day party, and we did them last year. And what's great is they're already smoked, right? All you got to do is kick them on the grill and 
kind of crisp them up and put some grill marks on the suckers. Now, do you do the thing where you kind of uh, stab them a little bit? No, Kent tells me never to stab. Really? Yep. Keep because the goodness. Keep the goodness inside. Keep it inside. That's a reason it's in there. Okay. Right. He'll tell you that if you're if you're poking your your sausages, all you're doing is dry. Can, Matt, can I say poking your sausage on the air? <laughs> You In eight did. seconds, I think you, <laughs> you, just, you just did, brother. When you're poking your sausage um, and you let the liquids out, you're just drying out the, the brat. Okay. That's there where we're at. The, the fat will naturally come out uh, as it comes out, but don't doesn't need help. So let it be, as the Beatles once said. Let it be. So is this wall-to-wall D&D from sunup to bedtime? <laughs> So what we do is we actually... And how much alcohol is involved? Uh, there'll be some alcohol in the evening only, right? Opening night reception, Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> then we do a barbecue with friends and family that come in. We have an air, we have an undisclosed Airbnb house up in the foothills that we can't tell anyone about is where we play. And I have people coming from Virginia, New York, uh, Yuma, Scottsdale. They're all coming down for the weekend. So, so are fun. you usually a winner? Are you... Uh, it doesn't work. I don't want to get into that. Okay. I, can't, I don't want to explain. It'll just. You really want to bore the crap out I've, of this audience? Well, I've never been. I'll explain to... off air to you. Okay. Okay. But it's a mix of playing and social stuff. Okay. So we're gonna do some. We're gonna go south side and do some Mexican. We're gonna do one of those. Uh, we're gonna go to Top Golf one day. And I hit think some this balls. is more about the socialization. Yep. Than anything else. As we like to say, we can play online. We play on basically Discord, which is like a Zoom thing. We play every couple of weeks, so we can always play the game. But this is definitely a. Do you ever sleep? Oh, of course. <laughs> it's called the. It's the magic of the power nap, my friend. <laughs> Took one yesterday, Good between one thirty and two fifteen. It was yeah. the best thing that I ever was did. My dad's secret as well. <laughs> I learned it at NAU. I could take a power nap anywhere in, in college. I learned to take. A, I, I used to fall asleep on with my head on my backpack, just lying, lying on a piece of grass between uh, between classes sometimes. That's what you got to do. I used to work at a bar at night, so that would also, you know, eat up some time. I and did a little of that in the stacks in, in the uh, library, the old library at U of A. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. All right. We're going to talk about, let's a little rundown here. Uh, thank Jesus, uh, Jan- Janet Yellen dropped another 1.5 bill off to <laughs> Zelensky. <laughs> Check this little <laughs> this little gnome who walks in and, and hands out a check. Um, we have the... Uh, the country of Afghanistan uh, uh, wrote up a report on how much the Biden uh, idiots left in military equipment in Afghanistan. It's a little bit of a number. You're, you ever think last <laughs> week when uh, when Biden was talking about, well, we will stay in Ukraine as long as is necessary, and everybody in Afghanistan is like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? As long as it takes. I like it was the, I think it's the Hungarians that finally said we'd like a real uh, investigation on how uh, Biden blew up the Nord Stream. I mean, someone blew up the Nord Stream pipeline <laughs> shocking um we have the washington post uh talks uh cult throws cold water on the claims that trump's to blame for the ohio train derailment which is something that uh pete idiot uh said uh idiot judge said of that pothole uh, pete mirror pothole <laughs> uh then we'll have a story from Derek hunter called journalists against journalism we'll talk about that uh, yeah matt's like laughing on that <laughs> one um Let's see what else we got here. Um, I tell you, this this guy, uh, this Yuma uh, medical uh, regional medical hospital guy, right. he is all over the place. I mean, he's now quoted. This is the we we have be, now officially become a hotel. Is what he's basically saying for illegal immigrants 
blowing through Yuma. It doesn't seem like anyone wants to help him in power, which is pretty hilarious. You know, up until this administration, Yuma was actually under control. Yeah, it was. I mean, really, they had none of this kind of a problem now. It's just crazy there. Maybe the guy at the Yuma Regional Medical Center can reach out to his local congressperson. Who's that? I'm sure he'll be very... Oh, God. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Hey, Ralphie boy. (laughs) Did you you ever... Did yes, you sir. ever hear anything about the hearings, the the Judiciary Committee hearings in Yuma so last Matt, week? So Matt's right. I mean, they had a full-blown committee I mean, with I, real Congress people in the Yuma City Council chambers, and it was never covered in the local news. Right. Ever. National, yes. Right. Local, no. Not, I mean, not even, I mean, that's kind of, that'd be like a mildly decent deal. I'm not saying they need to have a reporter, but, I mean, at least take someone else's story and run with it, for God's sakes. I mean, wow. Um, Vladimir Putin uh, bestows a friendship award on a very important American <laughs> actor. We got to do that. Um, we're going to get to this one. I, I saw this story about a $1.4 million grant to benefit low income first generation Pima College students. And I, I, I said, there's got to be some sort of nugget of information in there that would that I want. And I, I did find it. And we're, we're going to get to that. It's not much of a nugget. It's, it's, it's a decent nugget. Uh, then uh, our boy Josh, uh, not Chicken King, concerned citizen, um, <laughs> Jacobson on a uh, KVOA story about panhandling and fentanyl crisis. We'll talk about that. Um, that story that all of you were hitting me on yesterday about the lady who uh, testified in front of Wendy Rogers and Sad Sacks Committee there about the cartels, right, and Katie Hobbs. Uh, and I told you, everyone, just slow your roll. Let's see how it all plays out. Right now, we have Arizona Republicans disavow wide-ranging bribery allegation. I heard there was a couple of shows up in the Phoenix area that went full tilt coverage on that yesterday. So, uh, hopefully, they uh, we'll see what happens there. And then, uh, what else do we got here? Oh, let's go to break. And then I, I have something I was telling Matt yesterday when I, I, I kept on hearing about cartels. In all of this, it reminded me of the Phil Hartman Saturday Night Live where he plays President Clinton on his jog sneaking into a McDonald's to eat more food and get fatter. (laughs) But it has to do with how he explains something to somebody about Somalia, but I'm going to take it and we're going to compare it to today. I'll let Bruce in on the joke during the break. So if you want to join us, 790-2040, wake up Tucson comments at gmail.com. Ed Alexander is going to be here a third hour. So there's two, he shares a birthday with two musical giants, Elvis Presley and David Bowie. So we're going Bowie and Presley for the rest of the day for Ed Alexander. Wow. Wake up. All right. Welcome back to Wake Up Tucson show. Bruce Ash, Christy Simone, Matt, we were just watching the Phil Hartman playing Bill Clinton at the McDonald's. It's freaking gold. Trust me, guys. There's going to be a lot of things we're not going to be telling the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Clinton. It's too good. It's too good. So there's a part, and we we were just getting to it when we had to come back. It's with uh, Rob Schneider talking about the aid to Somalia, and he's talking about, well, you know, what happens is this burger you got here. See, this this is the supplies, right? And then it's going to go to the, and then he goes, and he he eats it. He goes, see, warlords, right? Warlords, right? And I feel like in the Republican Party, uh, from some of our brothers and sisters who are just very frantic a little bit out there, Everything's we now everything's related to drug cartels, 
right? I, I've seen a congressional candidate accuse another congressional candidate. You know who she is when you'll you'll figure it out. Uh, accusing another uh, candidate of being involved in the uh, direct the Mexican drug cartels. I've we've heard that one with absolutely no proof, right? And now all of a sudden I'm listening to this lady in front of Wendy Rogers. Uh, committee there and saying that everything's coming through the cartels to control Arizona politics and now look I'm not saying things aren't possible but if you're going to start throwing people connected to cartels you better have some real evidence <laughs> that's all I'm saying right I feel like this is going to be the this is going to I feel like I'm going to start getting uh my Mark Fincham happy St. Frederick's Day thing coming up um uh, about uh, it's going to it's going to have about Mexican cartels or somehow so what's the connection? Just why not? Air? <laughs> why not? Right? They're the closest boogeyman. Right? Um and can't I'm not be, can't be Shiro? Yeah, I <laughs> I'm just saying, right? It's like why we always they keep I keep hearing I keep hearing this now about cartels. It's like and the other part of this is is fix elections. Right. If you think things are broken, fix them. Now we had Andy Biggs on ten days ago saying, you know, I just hung out with DeSantis for the weekend, and we went over the laws in um, uh, in Florida, and we have a lot of those on the books here, but for some reason we didn't the office really. Holders don't enforce those laws. Correct. Right. I mean, here's Andy Biggs. Right. And and then of course he, you know, when I said, are we talking Brinovich here? And he got real quiet, <laughs> right? And that was the answer, right? Mark Brinovich. I, I remember he got real quiet. Unqualified, and Andy is one of the most verbose people we know, right? He has. He's a smart guy. He's quick on his feet. But when you hear Andy do a, a, pa- a long pause like that, and then the sigh, he thinks Mark Brinovich is uh, is useless. Basically, we we said it for well, years. <laughs> <laughs> That's an obvious observation. <laughs> you know, so now there's this thing where they, they want to point out Brinovich, and some people have said, that is, is Brinovich going to run for Senate again? I hope not. I hope he doesn't run for anything. Did he run for Senate the first well, time? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Damn it. You're 20, gonna... <laughs> 28, 28 minutes and 39 seconds into the show, Ash got a ding. Thank you very much. It's true, right? <laughs> I mean, between so the, I mean, if you're gonna, if you want to blame, if you want to put, put blame on human beings for the uh, the elections, right? Mark Brinovich is number one. He was all show and no do. Yep. I mean, really and truly, right? You know, he'd he'd rush in with a, with an amicus brief, or he'd rush in with some sort of emotion, and just nothing ever happened with it. And then Matt Salmon, he could be. Uh, that was painful. Yep. He's 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 in the top five. He's yeah. in the top five. All right, we come back. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go next with Mr. Bruce? <laughs> we should cover the Steven Seagal story. All right, we've got a couple of things when we come back. You're on the Wake Up Tucson, 1030 of the Boys, Gap Ministry, top of the hour, Ed Alexander, Betsy Bruce in the third hour. All right, you're on the Wake Up Tucson show. We're playing David Bowie and De- Elvis Presley today. It's, uh, they have the same birthday as Ed Alexander, who will be here in the third hour with Betsy Bruce. Uh, we're hanging out with Bruce Ash. Uh, no relation. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday, uh, you have your show, of course. Inside Track, 1 to 2, KVOY, AM, 1030 The Voice. Who's coming up this Saturday, you know? I don't know yet. That's all right. That's I'm working honest on Honest answer. I'm working It's better on than it. Steve Rivera not knowing the day of a show, so. <laughs> or not Steve, what's coming on your show in three hours? Uh, we're not showing up for the show. I don't know, bro.
Um, so this is interesting. So we know the Arizona legislature uh, passed a repeal of a rental tax. Right. Right. And, you know, you're, you're, you're in the real estate business for a year or two. Did you feel like this was, was this a worthwhile effort for the Republicans or what the, or what the governor did to, to veto the law? So first of all, in relate, so is it just knowing how landlord kind of psychology is out there? Would the, would the savings get passed down to, that's what the governor's saying. The savings wasn't going to get passed down to. It's a typical leftist, re, you know, response right. to a good thing. Yeah. Tens of millions of dollars every year are going to be saved by those renters. But the market is going to determine what rental prices are. Right. Okay? And and we've already seen a, a slight dip in, in rental prices, a slight increase in, in rental concessions. Um, it's all about the market. It's not about the greedy businessman, okay, which is, you know, so you, you talk about Republicans going to the cartels to blame for everything. <laughs> right. It's always the greedy business, okay, the greedy corporations. Fact okay, cats, this baby. Is a, this is a great thing, and it's something that, that the renter world has been talking about for over two decades, and she just shut it down. So didn't the um, and usually the city remember didn't the city of Tucson try to uh, bump up rental taxes? Yeah, they in the old days they wanted they wanted to have uh, that tax and and you know guys like Bert Lopez came in and and lots of others he he kind of got people you know doing petitions and so on. Yeah. Um, but Katie Hobbs, I mean, she recklessly and notoriously did what she did when she vetoed that thing and shameless, just shameless. Again, it's just so. Is it because the um, the rental tax is collected by the, the the municipalities, or is it collected by the it's collected by the no? So when you pay your rental your your rent every month, you know they tack on the one and a half percent or whatever the it state does to be city and, and city. state. So I assume Katie thought that you know folks like Rahina would tell you you can't get rid of that. We need that money. Is that is that where we're at? That the municipalities. Well, that's not the reason. That's not the reason she says she vetoed it. Well, uh, that doesn't mean that's the reality, yeah. right? It, it, I mean, I, I can't believe look, Katie, I can't believe Katie would lie to us. <laughs> I'm in shock. This <laughs> it it just it def, it really defies not logic. It defies goodness. She really did something that hurt people that she claims to care about and want to do th- good things for. So then what happened was the state of Ari- the state senate passed a repeal of the food tax. Right. All right, on Monday. And it went down on a party line vote. I mean it won, sorry. It right. it passed on a party line vote. And then so of course with that they say that this would be something if it passes anyway that Hobbs would veto that too. What the the grocery stores are all going to conspire on hot dogs and and uh, canned corn. I mean, I'm just. I mean, that sounds like tax relief for the working poor. I wasn't aware that 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 vote had been taken. Yeah. So um, which bill was it? What tax? It's a to repeal the food tax. C- city sales tax or 
It says, passed on a party-line vote. Cities and towns have objected to the relief through the... This is from Arizona Daily Independent. This is from Loretta. I can tell the way it's written. Arguing they need the tax revenue. However, legislators argue that currently state and local governments are financially strong and municipalities should be doing well enough without the added revenue. So, again, back to the municipalities. I assume the Arizona League of Cities and Towns would be against something like this. Right. Probably. Um... Republicans say that cities and towns are receiving more money in state-shared revenues to offset these tax cuts. They noted from 2019 to 2020, state-shared revenues from both sale and income taxes grew by 27%. This increase on top of sales tax, property taxes, between the fiscal year and next, those shared revenues are expected to grow by an additional $889 million. In fact, over the next four fiscal years, municipalities are estimated to receive an average of $2.3 billion in state-shared revenues, which is an increase of $844 million more than the past four years. So in the end, Katie Hobbs and the Democrats do not want to get rid of a food tax or a rental tax because the municipalities are crying about it. That's where you're at. But they love doing sales taxes that love to crush the working poor, right? I mean, that's that's where we're at. But this is the way state government's going to look like for the next four years, kids. Three plus years, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where you're at. Elections have consequences. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, it just seems like it makes no sense. But but that's I think you're I think you're correct on on where the rationale for that comes from. I think the other thing too is right, especially like a city of Tucson, which is spends like a bunch of drunk sailors on a bunch of crap. Actually, that's wrong. I, I apologize to the drunk sailors. Um, is the fact that they know their fat Fed money's going away, and that's starting to dry up, and there's a recession. Either it's currently here, and we're just being gaslit mm-hmm. uh, by the powers of gaslit, right? I mean, it feel sure feels recessiony to me, Bruce. Right? I mean, look look at the cost it, of it stuff. De- it depends off the it wall. It depends on where you are, right? And and the kind of business that you're in, right? But there's something going on in the economy that's not so great. What percentage of the American public is not it has enough? resources that this doesn't bother them that much right 20 percent no higher or lower lower okay so 10 percent that might be high right so but somewhere in there i mean when they say that something like 75 or 80 percent of american citizens are living paycheck to paycheck where they've depleted their savings i mean that really and we know that credit card debt's at an all-time high Right? right. So to me, recession's happening, kids. I mean, when you're inflate, when your interest rate, what, what, what's the interest rate right now? Eight? Um, six and a half, six and three quarters percent. Oh, we're not there yet. Okay. Um, you know, you're seeing the slowdown in the real estate market, which is fine. I'm not saying that's a, a bellwether. And, and, and again, it depends upon the location, it depends upon the price strata and so on. But yeah, but yeah it's slowing down. Matthew. And they say unemployment's uh, going to be ramping up here. Right, so well, we're, we're, all these all these bad factors. There's a confluence of, of bad things happening. Well, you already see the tech companies, right? Which is supposedly part of the the lifeblood of marketing and stuff for an American economy, and they're they're dropping people left and right. You know, in the four to eight ten percent range, it's not like they're getting rid of fifty percent of their people. No, but still, but still, there's there's a factor there as well, and it's going to depend 
upon where in America. I mean, for example, the upper Midwest, the manufacturing belt, they'll probably see greater unemployment in places like that than in Arizona. I, I don't think we're going to see, in terms of unemployment, what is going to happen in other places around the country. I just see so many headwinds in so many different parts of the economy, right? Yeah. I mean, so we talk about agriculture, right? We're talking about eggs, right? And the eggs are a variety of things, whether it's bird flus or somehow entire chicken places are falling and, you know, right. 8,000 birds a day are burning. That sounds like a bad punk group. Um, you know, I got, who knows what happens with uh, all the uh, the price of uh, grain and fertilizer because of the Ukrainian situation overall. I got that. Gas is still a mess, right? right. And I just saw the story that gas is going to start crawling back into the mid threes or high threes yeah, we soon. went for for premium gas say a month or a month and a half ago it was down to 329 at quick trip right and, and costco right okay like three days later it's like 370 yep right now it's back down to about 350 now i mean inflation hasn't has not improved okay it's still there at whether it's eggs or gas or you know you name it so I have friends that have businesses that require stuff to be shipped across the Pacific. Now, before in the early days of the Rona, right, they were paying for a container from, you know, basically from China to through L.A. or Long Beach to wherever they were at. It was about four to 5000 bucks. Yep. Right? Then it went to 25000 bucks in two years. So now it's down to... 16 to 17 but it's still four times more expensive and of course we know you never know when you're going to get your crap right coming through those two ports so 790-2040 let's get Al on the line before we go to break Al you're on with Bruce and Chris what's up bud listen I'm just a ground level guy and I still think the root of all evil is raising the minimum wage all they did was move the decimal point now you have to have a bigger bucket to get the same thing. Instead of going to McDonald's and spending under $5 for a meal, now you go to McDonald's and spend $10. And if you look at it, the right of the minimum wage is how much everything has gone up. That's right. Again, and that was you. Keep going, Al. Sorry. Keep going. No, you go. Oh, no, I, I, I don't understand. You know, people with way more letters behind their name and everything than me, I don't understand why they don't see that. Because it's it it makes it makes their party and them look great in front of a bunch of know nothing voters who just see their wages going up, and they think that's a gift from from these guys. It's an election ploy. The same way the same way that the college tuition uh, bailout was was. I mean, oh my God! Watch out, Bruce. Two, two. That was only about uh, <laughs> seventeen minutes apart. But you're right. So when you when you have eighty percent of the media is going to regurgitate whatever comes out of your press release, right, without questioning it or anything like this, you can do stuff like this, right? And so when you so well, it's already been proven that um, minimum wage hikes actually screw the working poor. It's already been proven, right? Uh, Harvard studied the a minimum wage hike in California. Right. And literally saw that people got less money, less hours and a lower paycheck overall before it was over. But in California, I'm sure there's plenty of stipends you can get from your local government to make up the difference. Right. right? So it, Bruce is totally right on this, Al. It's it's a, it's an election ploy to get votes. 
and that's where you're at. It, it doesn't it doesn't improve. Look 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 at Tucson. We've been bumping in the state of Arizona. We've bumped up the the minimum wage pretty high here. Do you see people lifting themselves out of poverty in Tucson, Arizona? Of course not. Minimum wage was meant for people who are younger, in training, and as part-time jobs. And we've turned minimum wage into a living wage. Okay, it's not that. If you want a living wage, get a real job. And it's not shuffling hamburgers and bagging up french fries at McDonald's, for crying out loud. Again, read our... Sorry, go, Al. No, he's exactly right. The way I was taught minimum wage is that was there to make sure you showed up, you did your job, and after a couple months, the man came to you and said, Chris, you're doing a great job, you're doing everything we'd like, here's another quarter or whatever it is. And the whole thing on the minimum wage is, because it's the bottom root of it, it's like watching your parents, you can't unsee it, and there's no way to stop it, so how do we get out of, get this ball, stop rolling down the hill? You deserve a ding for that. (laughs) I'm neither going to confirm or deny that. <laughs> the um, So in the end, right, so read our good friend Thomas Sowell. And he talks about as a young black man in Baltimore area where he grew up, he if there was minimum wage laws, he would have never gotten a job as a young guy. Because no one was going to pay that rate for a young guy at that age and what was going on. And someone paid him what he thought he was worth and he got and he built his he built a little bit of a resume and moved on through his life and paid his bills <laughs> and so minimum wage is a killer no matter and when when uh, economics professors like Rahina Romero and Kevin Dahl are are, are uh, pronouncing such things as good you know run like hell so the left at. talks about equity okay you don't get equity through increases in the minimum wage and you don't deserve that extra equity because you're doing the same job you were doing the day before. Again, what we've learned in 15 years of doing this show, Bruce has been doing show and for years himself, Democrat policies crush the working poor. The left crushes liberty. That's where you're at. So well, let's go to break, Al. Have a good day. 790 I'd like one thing. If I can wish my wife a happy anniversary for the 29th. Oh, very nice. We can do that. We can do that. Thank you. Anytime, Gentlemen, my and have a great day. You too, my friend. All right, you're on Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 of the Voice, local news and talk. ESQ's already in kerfuffle right now. Spiritual kerfuffle. Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 of the Voice, local news and talk. We're having a lot of laughs here at the Wake Up Tucson show, 10.30 of the Voice, local news and talk. Is he on the line, young man? Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, Christy Simone, Bruce Ash, Inside Track. Catch his show on Saturdays. Uh, Let's get a couple of stories out here. Uh, Vladimir Putin uh, has uh, bestowed a state decoration on Steven Seagal, um, the action movie actor who also holds Russian citizenship. (laughs) What? (laughs) The awarding of the Order of Friendship was announced. I sanctioned that guy. (laughs) was announced on the Russian government's internet portal. Uh, the order recognizes people who Russia considers to have Friends? contributed to the bettering of international relations. By beating the crap out of people on, on film? Match, how, how much, Matt, how much has Steven Seagal done to, um, uh, to uh, contribute to the betterment of international relations? Zero point 
zero. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Dean Wormer. Um, of course, uh, Stephen was a vocal supporter of the annexation of Crimea. Oh, God. <laughs> And last year visited the Russian-held Ukrainian town of, uh, uh, let me get this right, uh, Olenivka, where dozens of Ukrainian POWs were reportedly killed in an attack for which Russia and Ukraine have blamed each other. What Uh, a guy. He was named the 2018 as the Russian Foreign Ministry Humanitarian Envoy to the United States and Japan. (laughs) You can't make this. This is like an SNL <laughs> routine. How how could you have that? You gotta watch the video. Now it's a very funny. There's like there's a YouTube guy called JonTron, and he does this video about Steven Seagal. It's called the Many Faces of Steven Seagal. It's about 18 minutes. It's hilarious, hilarious. They show him with the, the very awkward thing where he gets his Russian passport from Putin. And they're sitting in this big white room, and there's a table in the middle of this giant room that has almost nothing in it. And they're on, like, literally 20 feet from each other on this table, on this round table. And then when he finally, he's, he's they kind of, he's you know, somehow uh, he gets presented with his passport, and then they shake hands. And then they, you see that Stephen didn't even, like, cut his nails. He looked like he looked like had, like, homeless guy nails, Ugh. right? And he's, like, you know, giving him a big uh, hug. So uh, it's How do you square... Steven Seagal and Sheriff Joe being best buds, and Steven Seagal and Vladdy being best buds. Well, I mean, Steven Seagal is just a, he's just a media. Does that mean Sheriff Joe likes Putin? I don't know. I'm just raising the question. Is that, so. is that a bad syllogism? So the other, thing, <laughs> the other thing about Steven Seagal that's great is, right, he, so he's done these shows called Lawman, where supposedly, remember, he was like a Maricopa County sheriff, and then he was a sheriff in some parish in Louisiana, right? And what's great about those shows, which I love, is he's always an expert at everything. Right. Right? And so the guy's like, he's like, oh, you don't know how to use that automatic weapon? You know, I, I, I can, I've been shooting these things for 40 years. Give me that thing, right? Or this guy's having a problem with a dog, and he's like, let me do this. I've been working for dogs for 30 years, right? And it's just full of crap, right? I mean, this is the best. So he usually plays the good guy, right? Right. He he would be a natural bad guy with that voice and the look and the whole swagger. I I think Vlad should send him to Ukraine with a gun. Right on. Right. Be, be right there with the <laughs> Wagner group getting cut down by yeah. the droves. I'm just saying if he wants to if he's if he's such in love with uh, with being a Russian, go to Ukraine, have fun. So on the Fly in the Wall podcast, uh, Marcy Klein was on who worked for SNL as one of the production assistants. That's the one I haven't heard yet. And they talk about Steven Seagal just to paraphrase, he was a difficult guest on a guest host okay. on, uh, on on SNL one week, and then he was mad because they were doing the Hans and Franz things, and and, and Dana Carvey said, uh, uh, um, he, he Arnold, didn't, he didn't Arnold, like being called girly. Man. Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't beat you up, <laughs> and then uh, Seagal was all mad about that, and he stewed on it for a few days. Yeah, and he said he only do the skit if he could beat up Hans and Franz at the end, right? And then there's a you got to watch it. There is at the end of that episode, somehow Lauren Michaels let him do this scene. It's like six or seven minutes long. I think I talked about this last week. He has it's like a corporate boardroom of Exxon, and there's you see Phil Hartman right, and then you see three or, three or four as Pete Puma would say right um, people you don't recognize, 
and it's the Exxon having their meeting after the the Valdez Probably spill, easier. right? And what happens is Stephen just comes in and beats the hell out of the stuntman guys, <laughs> and then throws Phil Hartman like through a, a fake door, and he looks at the camera and goes. That's what you do when you. That's what happens to you when you mess with the environment. And then the the skit ends. There's nothing funny about it. It's just that, and you're like, "What the hell just happened there?" So, I do have this. That's what SNL was. SNL. Yes, correct. Um, <clears throat> the one with Pedro Pascal, the guy from Mandalorian and stuff, was actually there were some surprising bits that I laughed at, which usually doesn't happen that much. Uh, it's that na- holy cow! It's National Public Sleeping Day. We were just talking about public you think sleeping Zach, for me. This is Zach's day <laughs> off to sleep. He's not the most exciting kid to listen to, is he? Oh, you think? <laughs> Floral Design Day. It's a Bob Barker Day, World Spay and Neuter Day, as we like to say. Not Bob, but the cats and the maybe Bob. Um National Chocolate Souffle Day. Why not? Chocolate souffle, souffle, when done correctly, is pretty amazing. That's right. And then a day that, who knew this was going to be controversial? National Science Day. Trust the science, Bruce. Always trust the science <laughs> and the scientist. When, when science went over the top political, right, where your science beliefs were based on your worldview and political beliefs. Your orthodoxy. Insane. All right, we got we got ministries coming up. I want to get to the story about Pima College, where it talks about kids from certain districts in Tucson not getting your degree after doing the Tommy Boy six years in college. We'll talk about that when we come up.